Better work presentations are possible. They're called Canva presentations. You can supercharge your work decks with Canva presentations. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Just start with a prompt and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds or with a stunning template and add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from their massive media library. You save time and you wow your audience. Mm -hmm. I have never made one of these presentations and I never will, but there's a reason why Canva (laughs) is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. 90%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah, let's get it to 100%, guys. Come on. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations by heading to canva.com. Designed for work. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, you know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. That's a lot of Bs. Yeah. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. That's important. You want an affordable price. Yeah, I do want one. Yeah, if it's too much, well, that's just not going to happen. No. (laughs) State Farm's on it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. I'm lowering my voice. Mm, Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Hi, my name is Patton Oswalt, and I feel radiant about being Conan (laughs) O'Brien's friend. You know, it's funny. There's a light coming off of you. Fall is here. Back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Our setup today is a little different. Uh, usually, myself, Matt Gorley, and Sona Mosesian, we're all in the same room. Uh, this is a little bit of a different occasion. I am in New York City because I came here to do some, uh, well, some pretty cool interviews. Mm-hmm. I had a really good yeah, time. Must sure. be nice. Uh, Great. And, oh, so big, happy big stars. for you. Congrats. Huge stars. Dandy. Mm-hmm. Huge stars. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, but I came here to do that, and uh, you guys remained in Los Angeles. Uh, you, you know, it's a lot of money to fly you guys out here, and uh, we didn't want to spend that kind of coin. I think um, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah so, elevate really. the content. <clears throat> Can't put a price no, on it. No, no. On charm. and uh, You actually, you can. You no. can put a price okay. on charm. Yeah. And it's not equal to, if you were willing to uh, fly coach, um, and actually, I if you would do, would do that, I know. Charm I, I like know this, this don't you. fly coach. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm here in New York, and uh, my charming uh, pals <laughs> uh, are in Los Angeles at the moment. So we're on what's called, and this might be new to some of you, it's called Zoom. Hmm. And uh, it's a technology that really uh, exploded during COVID. This is a revival of our COVID days. Yeah. When we were doing the podcast and we weren't all in the same room. So let me just put it to you guys. Um, do you feel that our energy is different when, say, we're in, in different spaces? Uh, Gorley, you and your, you're in your wonderful home in Pasadena. Um, and Sona, you're in a, a land called Altadena. Yeah, it's um, north of Pasadena. Yep. Yeah. Never seen it on a map. Anyway, um, it's like those old maps from the 16th century where they just show dragons and stuff. Do you look at <laughs> um, maps often? You just like look at maps and see if you can find the cities people live in? Yes, I do. Okay. And when you said I live in Altadena, 
Um, I couldn't find it on a map. And then I asked an old man and he said, don't go that way. (laughs) (laughs) Death and doom await you. (laughs) Sea creatures. (laughs) Um, No, it's a lovely place and I'm just uh, kidding around. But anyway, we're in different zones I can say I feel safer having you at a distance, but the 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 magic isn't as you know clicky clicky you know i hate this why do you hate it i hate this a lot um i like you being i like you being confined to this small box stupid (laughs) no come on hey i'm hey i'm turning your volume down right now it's fantastic i'm here and like i'm i'm only thinking about like are my boys napping and then when i'm in the studio i don't think about them at all that sounds like a euphemism (laughs) my boys are napping right now i can tell you yeah now my boys are (laughs) taking a little snooze wait what euphemism for what though what does that mean testicles my testicles are asleep oh you call your testicles your boys And they've been asleep for years. Yeah, they've been. Trust me, my testicles went soundly asleep. Okay. I think it was 1989 uh, they passed out. They're having a good, long, sleepy, weepy. Oh, no. Sometimes I'm at a loud party and I'm like, guys, keep it down. My boys are sleeping. <laughs> I'd say that all the time. Messed up. See, this is the kind of magic we wouldn't have had if we were all in the studio together. That's true. No. But because... Because we're all in separate spaces, I feel comfortable when Sona, when you bring up your children, immediately making it about my testicles. Okay, because you wouldn't have done that in person. No, I'm very proper when we're in person. Oh, you're a proper guy. I'm a proper boy. Oh, I love when you do your character work. Who's this character? Yeah, who's this? Conan as a proper guy. (laughs) <laughs> Let me hear it. I'm Conan. I'm, I'm Conan. I'm a proper guy. I do okay, proper now do your, things. Okay, now do your French guy. Oh, oh yes, the little magazine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the worst oh. character work of all time. What are you talking time? about? I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oui, oui. Yes, je l'ai toujours. Okay. I would like to apologize to our French <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Can you do better? Can you do a better French guy? You can't. No, I can't. That's who could top that? No one. That is can. a French. That's a French Canadian cartoon. Yeah. I think you're doing. Yeah, give me a German, German a, guy. Yeah. Is he a German guy? Wait a minute, that's the French guy. That's the French. Oh no, that's, that's the, the French collaborator. I couldn't do it both. Yeah. Uh, Oh, just uh, like is uh, 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 hold on, shut oh up, my God. guys, okay. shut up! I'm getting into character. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth, real quick. You dumb. Hold on. Now you got German. Now that's the German right there. I like the breakfast. I like the Wiener Schnitzel. Like Why are you milking a cow? Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Come please, on. please, and I encourage you to go look at the video yeah. of this because Sona is putting her whole body into it. And um, good God, Sona, that was fantastic. Fantastic. And I mean that not in the way you think. Um, What a delight. What a delight. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I love this. This was amazing. Mm. Now we're going to get to the interview part. And for the interview, we are all together for that. We better hurry up and get there. Everybody, scurry. Oh, wow. You got to fly back. No? (laughs) Okay. Oh, it's funny when Matt does it. Okay. (laughs) No, it wasn't funny. Yes, it was. 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 I don't know what that was. What was that? What was that? I love that. That was None my of you were selected of Sona of your character. French person. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was oh, oui, my oui. German guy. Wee oui, wee. Oui. All right, come on. My boys are getting anxious. <laughs> They're awake. Get this thing going. His boys were awake. They just woke up. Oh no. <laughs> They're like, they don't know what's been happening since 1989. <laughs> 
Wait, George Bush's son became president? Shh, quiet. Oh, there's Wait, more. What? And then Trump? What? The real estate from the reality show? Quiet, They're testicles. So quiet. Yeah. Just so well, they are pretty they are pretty meek. <laughs> they don't <laughs> I love that that's how my my Hey, what's going on up there? It's dark in here. They're just uh, talking about presidents. Wow. Real mystery why I never got the ladies. Anyway, <sighs> my guest today, and we are all, again, all together for this. My guest today is a hilarious comedian and actor. He's also a co-author of the comic book series Minor Threats. And volume one of the series is in stores now. Pat Oswalt, welcome. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. And that's all the time we have. All right. <laughs> Thanks a uh, lot. Uh, check me out, PatNilesWalt.com. Tour date's coming up. Thanks. <laughs> I got five other podcasts to do, man. I'm really, I'm just doing the promo thing. Do you know, because the late night show started in 93, sure. I feel like you were on uh, one of those people that came on fairly early on. Around, uh, I think, 94. 94 or 95 was my first, um, my first time. And then I used to say... I used to refer to you as just money in the bank, meaning <laughs> you would come on the show. Not only did I not have to worry about it, yeah. but it was going to be really, really funny and we could do as much time as we wanted to, which is always a gift for someone yes, like me. You can because relax. I can relax. Patton's here. You would go down these so many fascinating little wormholes in your comedy, which are very, and, and the way you paint pictures mm -hmm. using words always delighted me. You've got such, you've got great imagery. Yeah, it, I always felt um, good about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see your skills at killing time. Oh boy. You were wow, the first, have you, you taken a turn? You were the first late night show that I would go on where you would actually give me insight into the sausage making of the mm -hmm. show. Oh, I would. You were very, when we were off mic or going to commercial, you were very open about a guest that had just been on where you're like, that was pulling teeth. Like, <laughs> okay. they had nothing to say. And I remember, I'm not going to name the band. We were, I was on one time and a band came on and was playing. It was one of those early, like, uh, screamo bands. Yep. And uh, and you just leaned over to me and you went, I hate wisdom rock. <laughs> and that that is the category that I assigned. Just, there are certain bands yes. that just had that whole, take my hand, or that kind of yes. wisdom rock. And and it's always insulting because it's wisdom rock from 22-year-olds. Yes. Like people who've not had any wisdom. But they have come down from the mountain to tell yes. you that, and, and power chords, <laughs> and also that way of singing that sounds like a donkey is preaching. Yes. And it was always just like, I'm going to tell you about yes. the land, <laughs> and we're going to take you by the hand, and right. I'll lift you to a higher place. Right, exactly. You Come fucking, on, you're 22. Yeah, yeah, two years from now, you'll be working in a hardware store, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> And you're giving us this yeah. key to the future. Let me tell you how life is. No, you don't. You don't need to tell me. Now he's. Yeah. Let me tell you how to mix up that paint. <laughs> I put it in this machine, and then it's gonna vibrate real fast. Take my hand and give me that coupon <laughs> for the L nuts this week. We had, it, it 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 really was, but that became such a genre for me in my mind. You know what's so like funny is, I, the other thing I was remembering just now as you said it, was there was a different, there was other kind of bands that would come on, and I'm young, I'm 31, mm. 32. Some of these bands are very intimidating. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're wearing 
tatters, like tattered leather. Yeah. And they're, they're, yeah. they've put makeup on that looks like their eyes are bleeding. And it's just incredibly intense. And the song is them, you know, screaming <laughs> and hate, hate, die, die, hate, hate, die, die. And I would go after, go over afterwards. And of course, I'm dressed like an insurance salesman. <laughs> and I would go, and you can see it. And I'm like 31, 32, and be like, oh, well, you know, m m murder mayhem. Um, <laughs> you go, that's, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah. And, and in the commercial break, with the, the, Max Weinberg and the seven would start to play. Dun -dun 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 -dun. And inevitably, the guy would take off his skull mask and he'd say, <laughs> lean over. And they were invariably from the Midwest. And he'd say, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on. <laughs> it's really an honor uh, and such a such a pleasure and so nice to finally meet you. And I'd be like, oh, you know, and it turns out like, yeah, this is their act. This is exactly this. And they're yeah. lovely fellows. <laughs> yeah. As um, Blaine Capatch has a great line about I don't know if you know who Gigi Allen was. Gigi Allen was this extreme punk rocker. Mm -hmm. He would perform naked. He would defecate on stage. He would throw his poo at the audience. Mm -hmm. It was all in the early 90s. And Blaine Kabach has it. This is my impression of uh, Gigi Allen before a show. <laughs> it's like, when I shit in my hand, I've got five. <laughs> I'm coming right up. Just like, be ready. Be ready with my towels. <laughs> but yeah, it's all, it is eventually like, Dolly Parton and the guys from Slipknot could get together and go, oh, yeah, the acoustics and the rhyming are crazy. We were trying to get, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, no, they, they have all that weird stuff This is stuff the stuff I love. I love that it's show business because it doesn't matter. Yeah. <clears throat> Slipknot is another one of those bands where I went out there. They were, I think they, I could be wrong, but I think their first TV appearance was on our show. And I remember it culminated that, with. It was, and I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Go ahead. It, the, it, it culminated with the drummer using his head to, like, bang drums that were on either side of his head. I mean, it was just absolute madness. Like an animal from the Muppets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went over and they're, you know, fully unmasked and just madness. And I remember coming over and saying, Slipknot, and they all gave me a group hug. I swear to God, no one had showered in a year and they'd been sweating. And so I remembered powerful smell and all these guys wearing skulls hugging me. And then a minute, Hey, uh, Conan, thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, lovely guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And then the guy who, like, you know, with his, who hit his head against two <laughs> drums, saying, no, I, uh, I'm thinking maybe of, uh, I might try to teach. <laughs> I might try linguistics. Uh, yeah. But it was just, it was, I always love that part. I always love where people are flipping yeah. identities. Oh, I love that. Well, okay. So when Slipknot was, Slipknot was first on your show, that was her mm -hmm. first. And I know this because uh, Brian Posehn called me and said, hey, can you, I had one of the first TiVos for some reason. This is in the infancy of TiVo. Mm -hmm. He goes, could you please record Conan because I have to work late and I don't know how to program my VCR and I don't want him to Slipknot. And I go, yeah, <laughs> so he goes, I'll come over tomorrow. I want to watch Slipknot because he was a huge Slipknot fan. So I recorded the whole episode. I mean, I, I, rec oh, I recorded all the episodes. I would just watch them all. Right. And on that episode, you had, it was John Glazer and uh, Brian and, um, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name, but they, they came out as the slip nuts. Yes. Yeah. You're like, we, we, we double booked. We weren't thinking it through. Might've been Andy Blitz. And it was Andy Blitz, Brian Stack, Stack, Stack and John Glazer were the slip nuts. And it was a thing where there were the, these vaudevillian guys that would oh, come out. God, it was so and, um And, and it, the whole idea was <laughs> it was supposed to be just the worst idea ever. They were like, we're the slip nuts. <laughs> 
And their whole thing was- They have one joke. They had one joke, which is we we put nuts on the floor and we slip on those nuts. How's it go? We're the slip nuts, slipping on nuts, and then clowning around and slipping on nuts. We're the slip nuts, slipping on nuts. Oops, he fell down. And then John goes, I slipped on some nuts. <laughs> they repeat the joke like oh, eight times. And oh, it's- Maddening. So anyway, Brian comes over to my apartment. Intentionally goes, maddening. Intentionally yes. maddening. So Brian comes over to my apartment, and I and I had the whole short. So I cued it up to where the slip nuts come on, <laughs> and I go, "Hey, I recorded uh, the, the slip nuts last night." And he's like, "Slip not, dude." But like, like I'm mispronouncing it. I'm like, "I was well." I mean, I watched the whole show. It's uh, slip nuts. He's like, "Slip not." I go, "Well, uh, this is what I recorded, dude." And I they came out, and he just like stood there like in silence for a second like what i'm like dude it's a sketch this i here's something I, like <laughs> he got so pissed off at me because he didn't know that that's what you guys okay, have done this is this makes me so happy and blay you're gonna remember what this is i hope but what we did once is a prank is we had slip nuts come on a couple of times and it was just infuriate <laughs> i think you know obviously some people in the crowd got what we were doing which yeah. was being intentionally stupid mm -hmm. but it was so irritating and then my one of my favorite things ever is we sent slip nuts to an actual heavy uh, metal concert. Have you seen this play? One of the best pieces of footage yes, I've ever yeah. seen. So which one was it? Was I, it? I, I think, I'm gonna, I was just about to look that up. It might have been a Slipknot's concert. They might have opened for Slipknot. No, no. They opened for, I, I've seen this sketch. They okay. opened for Slipknot, but you did this whole story where they have all, the Slipknot's have broken up. One of them joined an ashram. The other one, like <laughs> they did like this beat. Now they're back together and they've like, were, and it, they just still do the same act, but they're basically, the, the backstage guy is like, you better get off as quick as you can. Like they're gonna be, and I don't know, someone got a great shot. Ladies and gentlemen, Slipknot! But they, but the crowd just like, Slipknot, yeah! So they're all going crazy, and then the Slipknots come out, and they got dressed a as shot. Dressed as vaudevillians. Uh, vaudevillians with bags of peanuts, and they get this <laughs> moment where the crowd is like, yeah! And then, Every arm just goes down and you see the anger. <laughs> oh and it's it's one of the most hilarious oh. pieces of footage. And they do like the slip nuts, slip and nut. And they do that in front of the crowd and they commit to it. And then I felt down something else. And the guy backstage said, you better get the fuck out of here. They're going to kill you. Yeah, like, like not don't just leave the stage. Get out of the venue. You're dead. It was amazing. And, and, and from what I heard talking to John Glazer, um, Slipknot loved the, well, they loved the Slipknots on the show. They yes. thought it was great. Yeah. And they're like, they have to open for us. I was like, okay, <laughs> they're going to get killed. It doesn't, it doesn't always. <laughs> that, it was like viral before viral. Right, it really right. was. Right, you had to. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember you had this great bit you did on the show once where you talked about TiVo and it was when TiVo was right. fairly new First came and out. it was a line that I just loved You'll obviously remember the bit much better than I can, but it was the problem with TiVo is that sometimes it would it would try to anticipate what you wanted based on what you've been watching. And, and oh boy, yeah, and it was a slide, and, and and it was TiVo grabbing things that you didn't want, and sometimes it's embarrassing, and you just went. <laughs> Oh, TiVo, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like a little, little kid picking up a gun. No, TiVo, TiVo, no, TiVo. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you would, you would get, I had a TiVo and I recorded a couple of Westerns and I woke up the next day and there were 30 shows on my TiVo and I realized, oh no, they all have horses in them. He thought, well, he, you he like thought. horses. TiVo is he. TiVo is a he. TiVo. TiVo, no. 
Yeah, but you like horses. Like he was so angry. But it, uh, it's so weird how that's the infancy of AI. And now if I walk into like if my phone's in my pocket and I walk somewhere and then I go home and use my computer, there are ads for the places I visited yes. that day that are like now it's it's just second nature. OK, so this is something we should really just, creepy. I mean, you have such a agile mind and I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, Patton's going to know. He's going to understand because in my thinking, AI has been in the conversation like 35 or 36 on the list of things that we need to be worried about. And then in the last three months, it went right to the top of the list. And now it's all anybody's talking about because it's I mean, uh, it's chat. Well, because it's all these people that, uh, again, like anything, I forget who said this, but any new invention has practical use accidental harm and then premeditated harm. So like an ax, you can cut wood with it to build a fire and warm yourself. You can also drop it and cut your foot off or you can murder someone with it. But when the ax first showed up, people were like, this is great, what a great tool. And then it takes a while for people to then run the other scenarios. So I'm sure that AI was looked at as, wow, what a cool thing. And it's a learning computer. And now they're just starting to realize the accidental part of it and then the malevolent part of it. But here's the other thing which uh, needs to enhance the analogy because the one way it doesn't hold is an ax doesn't get smarter. Right. This is, so in the time that you and I are talking about AI. Yes. It's listening to us talking. Exactly. And it's anticipating things and it's growing and you think, are we, sometimes I think, am I like three months away from there being a really accurate porno that I'm in? (laughs) And I'm only saying this because I did some huh. porno, and I'm trying to cover. <laughs> I'm trying to cover my tracks. You're trying to put, plant a seed that it's a deep fake. Well, it's a total deep fake. I mentioned it on my podcast <laughs> with Patton. Okay, well, okay. Here's something that's going to be really weird uh, because I'm, I'm I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there have been some podcasts where they warn about AI, and they've had experts on. So, in a year from now, we'll suddenly certain podcasts that have been warning about AI suddenly be gone or delete. Like if that starts happening, right. then yeah, these guys were right. That's that Rocco's Basilisk thing that talks about if you are anywhere on record at any time in human history against AI, there will be a culling and that like singularity and Skynet and all that. Well, stuff. you know, oh, what's dear. interesting is that in yeah. the old, but in the no, old, I'm not saying that I believe that I'm just no, right, no, but in right, the old yeah. science fiction, it was the computer actually comes to life. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it, <laughs> A, a Macintosh comes through the wall and starts <laughs> punching you with its buttons. And you're like, okay, that's stupid. Right. But um, but the idea that it would just create confusion was exactly. something was something yeah. that I never anticipated, which is suddenly, you know, because think of all the thousands of hours of footage there are of you, Patton, and then it can yeah. it can know your voice, it can create different images, and suddenly, hey, there's footage here of Patton committing yeah. this horrible crime. Let's exactly. get him. Yeah, there's all these weird. Um, and also it could be what I'm worried about is a computer uh, or an AI that does something that it thinks is being benign. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you let's say you were to task it to solve world hunger and in a benign way, it would go, well, one way to solve world hunger is to get rid of this chunk of the population. Right. And then other people will have enough to eat. Like, And right. thinking, what a good job I'm doing right now. Like it, thinking it's running its own programming. Right. The one scary thing I've heard, and it was a guy trying to reassure me, was this is how how into the weeds we are. I, I was talking to a guy that, that 
that works with AI and, and does computer systems like, you know, the ones that regulate the water and the sure. power grid. And I said, well, you know, I read this review of a, there's a book by Ted Koppel called Blackout about what happens when the grid goes down, mm -hmm. what skills you're going to need. And it just, I'm worried because I don't really have any practical skills. And then he said to reassure me, he goes, oh, we're way past the point of being able to shut the grid down. It, it, it is self-repairing enough that you could only ever shut down a very tiny part of it. There are backups for backups, some of which it can now build itself. It can't ever be totally unplugged. Right. This whole scenario about what happens when the grid goes down. Grid can't go down anymore. Not totally. I mean, part of it can, but not totally. Because mm. it can self-repair. Again, not reassuring at all. No. Yeah. that's and, and also, we don't need a computer to become fully intelligent and sentient to do damage. If right, it only right. partial intel, in fact, it's even more dangerous if it has the intelligence of a five or six year old, mm. but is wired in to our nuclear arsenals, to our power grid, to the uh, uh, the, the the grid that's that's supplying hospitals or whatever. If it has that mentality, we could be in a lot of trouble. It's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beat. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. <laughs> well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down. I notch. didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. Uh, so I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. Way. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed mm -hmm. the great taste. Of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it 
It's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, 1 billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not. That's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Are we going to be looking back on these conversations about AI the way you can look back at on my show and in the media in 1999, we were all talking about when it flips over to the year 2000, the coding, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I remember so, that. so I remembered everyone was saying ATMs won't work. Everything's going to crash. Right. Uh, and and there's this essential bug in the way they coded it because no one ever anticipated the, uh -huh. the the Internet. They never thought about this problem that the years are going to change from 1999 to 2000. Exactly. And so now we all find that quaint. Can you believe we were worried about that? It was so. Yeah. Like th those were our worries. Well, the numbers can't switch over. They didn't. Put, now it's like we're beyond the numbers. Mm. It's how fast is this thing learning? And again, everything that we're making fun of now when, when writers make fun of chat GPT and look how bad this writing is. It's in its infancy oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. It's in its infancy and it's growing exponentially. We will get to a point where we won't be able to distinguish anymore. My, and that's going to be terrifying. So I'm thinking that if it knows the tone of my voice and there's lots of lots and lots and lots of footage of my voice, Gorley's voice, Sona's voice, your voice. Yeah. Um, maybe there's an upside <clears throat> where it just keeps coming out with new episodes. That you don't have to do. <laughs> but we still... <laughs> We st we still get a, you know a little paycheck, but we're not doing it, and it's or, us. Or do you get a paycheck, and Matt and I just don't get a paycheck? You get a paycheck. Okay. It doesn't look anything like my paycheck. Oh, right, or right, right. ChatGPT AI, if you're listening, do Sona and I get a paycheck, and maybe Kona doesn't? Oh, because he seems very doubtful about AI. Where we we're all in on. I just suggested. Hey AI, I just suggested 
that you could regularly take over this podcast. And so um, I just gave you your big break in show business, pal. And so- Wait a minute. Think, hang on. Let's think about this the way an AI would think of it, though. What's the essential component? Is it the people programming the MacBook? Or is it like the MacBook itself is shiny and people want to buy it, but that it's nothing without the programmers. So would it look at on-air talent as, well, that's just the the frame. It doesn't matter what that is. And if anything, it'll just create some, you've seen all the pictures of the, of just all these random people. And it's like, these were all created on a computer and they just look like random photos of people out in the world. They so don't new Max look headroom. weird. A little, yeah, a new Max Headroom. Yeah. Oh. As long as it kept my hairstyle, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> That's kind of Max Headroomy. It, you, know. you kind of anticipated it. Yeah. I did. You I did look it. into it. I've already had people sending me. There's one uh, <clears throat> Conan O'Brien eats fried chicken and then crashes in a car. <laughs> and it's like this kind of Frankenstein monster version of me. Right um, now. It now is. Yeah. it is. But uh, like they can, it's going to get to the point where they can go, Conan O'Brien side stage at. Uh, Baruch Assault, 1995, and it will look like an archival perfect footage of you just standing watching. Like it'll be able to create that, right? And it's like, oh, he was at that show. Here's a photo, like, you know. Right. And look, some of the some of the deep fakes, like I, I've seen on Instagram, people that put like Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on people, and some of them are kind of goofy. And there's one, it was um, the animals singing House of the Rising Sun. They put mm-hmm. his face on that broadcast from the 60s, and I could not. It looked like a young Arnold singing House of the Rising Sun. For all I could tell, there was no seams, nothing. For every 10 janky ones, there's one where you're like, oh, that'll be the one they build on to get to the next level of realism. Well, then you start really to- Really scary. Real, I mean, I've seen already some photos that are complete AI, and you think, why would someone hire a supermodel again? Exactly. The, they're stunning. These, these photos that they put out are absolutely stunning, and this almost makes me happy that I didn't become a supermodel. Oh. That I took oh. the left path, not the right path. <laughs> right. I thought you because chose not yeah. to be a supermodel. I chose. Okay. Um, but I, but I, but why? Although, why? okay, here's here's the thing though. Last night I got to go to the premiere of um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh, yeah, I have that kind of pull. So, um, and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is so over the top cartoony that it actually is. It, it connects even more emotionally, whereas a lot of motion capture and a lot of making it look very human, for some reason you don't link to it, but because these are humans creating yes. through art, the way that humans act and talk to each other, it was weird. We, there, were, there were scenes where I was almost crying because it's so emotional, even though these are very stylized cartoons, but they actually connect. So maybe there will always need to be some kind of human element behind it. However, um, the, I also mean there doesn't need to be that many humans behind it. There won't be that many jobs left. And they can just harvest our brains in jars anyway, so we're, <laughs> we're yeah. fucked. Whatever. I'm a lot more optimistic. I don't know. I, I just don't think they could, I don't think, I don't know, maybe I'm being just naive, but I just don't think machines can get like human nuance the way humans can. Like, a machine's never going to write Succession. It's never going to write Friends no, or could, The Office. Could, no. Don't could, you think there'll be a merger at some point, though? And that's just evolution happening with a, a natural force that then is the next step. And But even the people that are saying, well, what if chat GPT is just there to supplement your writing? Like, if you can't think of a good transition, chat GPT will spit out 20. But it's like, I still want the humanity of, like, there are scenes in Jaws. They don't quite end right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a brilliant movie because it's Steven Spielberg and it's his. It's a young guy making a movie and you feel it 
happening. Yeah. And you're drawn in. And if he had had like, well, maybe transition this way, here's five other options. Dude. Like it wouldn't be the movie that it is. Well, yeah. I think this is this is something that I can think can lead us back into our various crafts, which is I mean back into hope. Lead us yeah. back into some kind of hope. <laughs> which is, as you know, mm-hmm. I heard you talk about this once before and we haven't had a chance to talk about it, but how great limits are. Yeah, that's why I mean again, I I think a lot of a lot of uh you should you should be able to say absolutely anything you want in con- No, no, no. Have some restrictions there so you can find clever ways around them because then that makes what you're doing more shocking. If there's no limits, then nothing's shocking and nothing's startling. But, but when you know that there are certain things, how do you get around that? Yeah, you're right. And same with music. And same with movie. Look, if you if you're shooting a movie, but you can just do it all on a computer and you can create any landscape that you want, then there doesn't have, it's not that urgency of like, we've got a day on this location and this actor's having a nervous breakdown and there's a cloud over the sun. How do we make this work? What do we do? We got to, and, and so many great memorable moments in movies came because stuff wasn't working. Well, it's like, it's the classic thing you said in Jaws, uh, you mentioned Jaws and the shark, Bruce, wasn't working yeah. correctly. So- You don't see the shark nearly as much as they wanted you to see it for a lot of the movie. That turns out to be brilliant. It makes what makes the movie. It's terrifying because you don't really get a good look at this thing. Yeah. And it's uh, it's to this day when I watch that movie, it's electrifying. Yeah. But had uh, greater technology been around or more money, Mm -hmm. it would have ruined it. It would have ruined the movie. That's why the, the first Evil Dead movie, I read this interview with Sam Raimi was like, we want this evil force to be floating through the woods and you see it from the evil force's point of view. And he goes, here's here was our process to, to get that effect. How would you do that? Well, uh, you build an anti-gravity disc. Well, there aren't any anti-gravity discs. What's the next thing we can do? We could get a huge board and uh, fasten the camera to the middle of the board so it wobbles a little bit. It was, Let's do that. So they're literally running through the woods with this wobbly board and it created this weird look that you'd never seen on camera before. Right. And it was teenagers out in the Midwest with their wobbly piece of wood basically creating a new thing in cinema that's now used all the time. But it was so, it's so eerie watching that first film because it's so handmade that it actually feels real. But that's why I agree with you, Sona. I have hope because I do think that Human creativity is this crazy, unyielding force. People just yes. have to... Now, there are a lot of things that I would worry about, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not that worried about me being in a porno. Um, <laughs> I am. I, I'm I, really I worried about me being are. in a porno. for this whole room. Yeah. We are very worried about <laughs> yeah. that. I'm worried I'm going to have to very, see it. Very, very worried. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a cross between me and John yeah. Tesh. Oh. Just really oh going at it. God. Um, but I sometimes encounter people on the street that are mm-hmm. saying... They'll recognize me and they'll say, don't you, uh, don't you hate today? Everything's so PC. You can't say anything. And I'll think, no, you can. Oh, you, you can you, if you're you, clever. You, you can get away with anything. Well, but also you just limits. Limits are healthy and they're part of life. Yeah. We all Gravity is acting on us all the time. Yeah. Man, what, what if, why do we got to be held down? Because we'd float into space and die. <laughs> you should be happy that's there. What are you talking about? And by the way, get get ready for, there are, there are going to be periods where AI will become this weird flavor of the week. Someone will do something cool on AI that people will run to catch up with. I always, someone should do a, either a documentary or write a book about um, after Jurassic, before the Matrix. Mm-hmm. After Jurassic Park's came, Park, Parks. After <laughs> Jurassic Park came out, every movie suddenly was like, gotta have CGI. That's what people want to see. They want CGI. They didn't realize that, no, 
Jurassic Park still tells a compelling story yeah, yeah. and is great filmmaking. They weren't just going to see CGI. So you saw it was like a decade of terrible CGI in films. Godzilla, Dragonheart, Air Force One, Escape from L.A., where they were just putting in CGI almost as if that was the, a star of the movie. Right. And you'll see this CGI. And then it wasn't until The Matrix came along that then someone took it and took it to the next level. So... In other words, and now there's a weird rebellion against a lot of CG. A lot of filmmakers are trying to do practical effects. Yes. And filmmakers want, I mean, I think it's one of the reasons that the Top Gun movie was so huge and why Tom Cruise still has this massive career because he's willing to go out and kind of almost kill himself yeah. in every film. Yeah. There's not CGI trickery going on. It's like, that dude almost died. I Okay. So <laughs> I'd, pay to, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> but there will always be that pushback of, because- I think um, any kind of new technology also creates that sense of like, well, there's nothing at stake here. You know, when I watch Escape from L.A. and Snake Plissken is surfing alongside Peter Fonda and it's clearly a computer generated wave, it's like no one's risking their lives making this move. This isn't exciting. They're risking then, their careers. They're risking their careers. <laughs> yeah. That is true. You know, what? credibility is, is the only thing risked. Yeah. In this but movie. yeah, like that. And then you see, you know, there's always pushback. And then the same thing will happen with comedy. Same Someone told me that in the new Oppenheimer film, that he didn't want to use, the director didn't want to use any CGI to create what we all know is the explosion of the first atomic bomb. Yeah. So instead use like uh, hundreds of thousands of sticks of dynamite and you think, uh, okay, I actually, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I yeah. don't know what it looks like, but there was a commitment to, no, this really has to look, this has to look real in some way. Although, by the way, I think 7,000 people were killed in making <laughs> yeah, that movie. <laughs> I'll go see that. Yeah, I'll see that. Um, sometimes now the cost of CGI at the level that movies like that want to do it at, it's actually prohibitive cost-wise and it's cheaper to do the real effect. In Tenet, when that plane crashes into the airport, mm -hmm. that was going to be done CGI and it's all done with a real plane and real explosives because it was cheaper to shoot the real thing. A CGI thing would have cost way too much money and it was quicker to do it that way because they're just, we set up our cameras and we got to shoot this. We, we got to get this in this take. Whereas with CGI, it would have taken an extra six months and all this extra money and all these extra crew people. And he's like, let's just shoot the thing. I love the image of the CGI guys going, well, here's what it's going to cost. <laughs> and good luck. Wait, you did what? <laughs> we just bought a 747 and yeah. we packed it with explosives and- we hired a guy to kill himself and yeah. drive it into an airport. <laughs> we set up a bunch of cameras and crossed our fingers. I mean, that's, by the way, I love, I do love watching old, I mean, I, I'm a big, I have the Criterion Channel and Turner Classic Movies because I'm a film geek and I yep. also love watching old movies, especially old stunts, even like movies in the 70s where you're like, uh, someone almost died and, and stunt work back then was, okay, here we go. <laughs> Hope no one dies. A car chase and bullet uh, is one of those things where you're watching it and you think, I think someone did lose their life in the making yeah. of that. And but okay, but it's one thing to have a chase like that in Bullet, which was a major studio movie. I'm talking even the B level drive-in movies. People were almost dying. There, there's a Joe Don Baker movie um, called Framed, and there is a stunt where a train hits a car and a guy has to jump out of the car before the train hits it and it is you when you see it you'll know it it's that that dude almost died like he barely gets out of the car clearly something's going wrong and then as he's jumping the car explodes and the fireball kind of 
engulfs him for a second and then he gets out of it and they just left it on film. And th that was that was stunts back then. Well, hope we don't die. <sighs> and before the stunt, when the car makes a, a right in the background, you can see the entire crew is all sitting on bleachers because they want to watch this. <laughs> like, this guy's about to die. This is going to be great. Like, they just shot this movie. So, yes, for Bullet, you're like, this is a major movie. Steve yes, McQueen, yeah. huge star. Of course, but this is like Joe Don Baker. We're shooting this in two weeks down in North Carolina. So they told the guy, you're going um, you're gonna, to you're get stalled in front of a train. Your and, job and, is just to get out before the train hits. But, but really wait till the last second if you can. <laughs> and we're just going to run a friggin' train at this. Look up Joe Don Baker frame. <laughs> and it, it says like the most dangerous stunt you've ever seen. Uh, and by also, even in comedy, you ever see used cars? Robert Zemeckis' used cars? Yeah. There's a scene, there's a dude like walking across a road drunk and this car is zooming up and barely misses him. And it's done as a joke because the actor is doing this, ah, just walking around drunk, but he's just improving it. If he had gone the wrong way, the car would have killed him. <laughs> it's in the middle of a comedy. You're like, oh God, that guy almost died. Do you remember there was a film with Lee Horstley called Sword and the Sorcerer and the bad oh, guy God. does a high fall off a cliff and he died but they left it in the yeah, film because they he's left in the, it yeah, in and he it's his death fall is in the movie because that's what he signed up for and in and, and in that culture back then it was like that's how i want to go yeah leave that in that's how i'd want to die it's nuts maybe afterwards maybe. <laughs> if they were alive for eight seconds they were like don't leave that in <laughs> their teeth are coming through their chest cavity <laughs> Okay. Oh, here watch we go. This. Oh, this is fantastic. Okay, here we go. I love this. Visual bit on a podcast, but oh you can look God. this up. That's all right. Look Some of this is on this. video. Look it up, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. Joe Don. Look at him. These guys both auditioned to be Duke boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh! God. Oh! oh, my God. What? In the hell. He catches fire. He his catches leg fire. catches fire. Don't you get the sense that he also slows his roll so he can be a little closer? Yes. God. That was fantastic. I mean, the, and, and again, the, and uh, by the way, yeah, you can see at one point, you can see the crew is all lined up in the background watching this. But like, oh, oh, oh he's fine. <laughs> you know what that guy got? A hundred dollars. Yeah. A hundred dollars. Yeah. And they and maybe they comped his room. Wow. Yeah. But like you watch a lot of Australian uh, action films from the 80s, especially like The Road Warrior. There are yeah. stunts in that movie that at the time they were saying, oh, no, it was all in the editing because they were right trying to work in Hollywood. But then there's a documentary about the making of and there's people just getting racked up. And the Philippines, too. They're the, the, oh, the Philippines stuff. Capitals oh, where they Lord. would just do anything. Yeah. yeah, people would do anything. The biggest thing I notice is editing movies particularly, and TV shows are edited so tightly yeah. that there's hardly any air. And I find it fascinating to go back and look at a show like a late 70s massive hit show, like say a Chips or something uh -huh. like that. And the, literally a guy will drive up. He's, my job is to drive up in a car and meet with you in a parking lot. <laughs> and so I drive up in a car mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be a tense scene. And I'm here to talk to, you know, Patton Oswalt and tell him to back off my territory or I'll kill him. I pull up and I get out of my car. I unhook the belt, get out of my car, shut the door and then start walking. And I've parked like 15 feet, 20 feet from you. And they show me walking all the way yeah, over to you. All of it. And, you know, you look at how today 
the editing is so take another frame out, take another frame out. Yeah. And what we're seeing, everything is so hyper compressed that mm -hmm. I know that when I watched late night with David Letterman shows mm -hmm. that I had been watching yeah. uh, and you know, adoring in the eighties, when I went back and looked at them later on, I was like, huh, it's it's slower than I remember. Yep. And it's quieter than mm -hmm. I remembered. And there's more like it's not this explosion of fireworks. And I know yes. that okay, things the pace ramped up. If you look at the the arc on our show, I know the pace ramped up. Yep. But I bet you people are gonna go back later and say, This feels slow to me, this right. not fit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I remember us thinking like, well, this is so much faster than what yeah. anyone used to do. But I think we've hyper compressed everything. We think that uh interesting equals spectacle. Whereas interesting can be two people just having this really cool conversation that doesn't necessarily pop. It's got to pop, 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 pop. No, just let two people actually have this weird, interesting yeah. conversation in it. But we, no one has time for that anymore because you can watch all of your, you know, all of YouTube is 20 craziest moments. It's like, there's no lead up anymore. It's just all, don't you want just the marshmallow things from uh, Lucky Charms? You can have them all now. You don't need all the cereal bit. Like they, we, we all, and so we've lost those moments of, sometimes the reason that the best of clips are such huge laughs is because they came after a long yes. time of silence and then there was that explosion. But all they want now is the explosion. Yeah. And it's like, wait, there's, I, I was doing punch up on a movie. I'm not gonna say which one because it was terrible. But the director showed me and the punch-up writers. They showed he showed me the last shot. Remember that scene from Bringing Up Baby, where she goes up and he's doing the dinosaur skeleton, and then he catches her. She slips, and and instead of trying to save the skeleton, he saves her, but the whole skeleton yes. collapses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this beautiful. It's an amazing shot, and it's really startling. It's and he's Cary like Cary Grant and Cary Grant and uh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like. I want every shot of my movie to have this. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, well, the reason that shot is so memorable and is so effective is because it, it comes after just bantering and do these people hate each other? Do they not? But, oh, he decides to save her. And it, yes, it's a great vision, but you, but if you do every shot like that, it won't be special. And he was just like, no, every shot, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And the movie was horrible. It was comedy and it just didn't work because he wanted it to all be that scene. I was like, dude. Let's see a major Hollywood film comedy that didn't work. <laughs> Wait, that really narrows it down. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you'll you'll be able to put it together. You, I think you'll be able to suss that. One was it out. Joe Don Baker in the frame? <laughs> now it's, I was okay. By the way, speaking of stunts in the seventies, mm -hmm. I, I did Brooke Shields' podcast. Can I talk about other podcasts? Yeah, on this one? of course. Okay, as long as it's not Brooke Shields. I, oh. <laughs> she and I have major beef. Oh, the feud. <laughs> I'm the only one with major beef. Conan was Shields. up for the role in Blue Lagoon. Oh yeah, no, didn't get it. Yeah. dude, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um. Well, she, I, I go, you know, you got to do some of the really gnarly 70s movie making. And I go, in, in King of the Gypsies, you're in a car and the car crashes. And she goes, oh, my God, you remember that? I go, yeah, because it just, if I'm not mistaken, it's just a dude is sitting in the backseat filming and you and Eric are in this car and it just gets T-boned. She goes, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. The director was in the backseat and our car gets T-boned. And I go, what kind of stunt rigging did they do? And she goes, oh, right before we shot it, the stuntman came over to me and said, you should put your seatbelt on. Oh. <laughs> it's like three in the morning in Central Park. Yeah, She's a teenager. Oh yeah, put your seatbelt on. Okay. Yeah. And then goes back to his seat. I'm a professional stunt coordinator. I gotta <laughs> make sure everyone's okay. <laughs> I gotta make sure the 16 year old's yeah, all right. it's not gonna die in the scene. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, I'm not saying we have to go back to risking people's lives, but I think that people will always hunger for actual human emotion. Again, Succession just, you know, was the biggest show, had no marquee stars in it, but it was amazing acting, amazing writing. Word will get around about that. Yes. People will go, you this you can't believe this show. It starts off really slow, but my God, does it pay off. And also, I mean, uh, yes, such great acting, but good Lord, that writing, the I most mean, masterful writing and so many lines, so many quotable, beautiful lines uh, in succession. And so many real lines where you're like, yeah, that is the world right now. As yeah. painful as this is to listen to, that's the world. Now, I, I want to end up in this nice place, mm -hmm. which is to say something this work you've done minor threats which is in bookstores and it's 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 the, available the, nationwide yeah like yeah. you have i know that you have these passions for for comics and you get to do that you get to be in that world you get to make this stuff that you used to stand in line hoping to meet someone like you well i used to i stood in line for three hours to meet neil gaiman back in 1992 three in San Francisco to get my Season of Mists hardcover signed. And now I'm Matthew the Raven in the Sandman show on that's Netflix. That's insane. So that kind of, I, I always, um, I remember this quote from John. John Waters is a great person to pattern your life after because he's like, I work hard at my stuff so that I don't have to work with people I don't want to work with. Yeah. And I can just do the stuff that I like. And it also gives me, because a lot of the stuff that I like to do is not going to make me any money. It's not going to increase my fame, but it's really interesting. Um, <clears throat> so doing minor threats, no, writing comics does not make you a lot of money, but it's a blast. It's so fun to do. You write the script, then you get the rough pencils, then you get the inks in, then you get the, I mean, the whole process to me, I could do it all day. And so I'm lucky enough that I worked hard enough as a stand-up and I go and do movies and I can go do comics. And the comics that I put out now, I go with companies like Dark Horse, and where it's all creator owned, I own it. If something happens with it, it's mine. I'm not having to worry about, well, this company needs these things and these things and the, you know, I have to do stuff. I don't want to do a one for me, one for them within a project I'm doing. I'm okay doing a one for me, one for them overall, but to split up your own project doing that, that's, that drives me, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. Like I have this great story to tell. Okay, but you got to put we're we're the the Shazam movies coming out. So you got to put Shazam in there. Oh, you know. So that I never had to do that. Right. You don't have to yeah. compromise. I don't I don't I don't also I'm just happy that I'm not a car guy. I'm not a clothing guy. I don't care about to me a car, I don't see the outside of it as long as it gets me where I'm going. I could care less what it is. So all that money, I don't put any money into that. I don't own a house that uh, um George Carlin says, I don't own a house that I, I use to scare people with. I love that phrase. <laughs> nice little house I can live in. It's, I, I'm, I, there's no right. crazy nut. I just keep it very small and very simple. And then you get to just enjoy everything you like. It's all you got to do. I don't have to go hang out with people I don't want to hang out with. It's all people I love. Occasionally, you have to do like a you know, like a podcast to like sell the comic. Yeah. And that's yeah. a slog. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, yeah. it's a... Uh, <laughs> Hang out with but, two assholes you don't want to see. You know, <laughs> know what I'm saying? Hey, Patton, uh, I could talk to you for 35 hours. I could, I could honestly talk to you and, um, way too long. It is a uh, just, it's just a, a happening when you're here. It means a lot to we're, me. We're Thank so you. On the, remember, you came. I was. At the, we, can't, I'm sorry that I'm saying this. We were in the Soho house, mm -hmm. yeah. And you came up. You were bringing your 
wife and daughter to breakfast and I and I had brought my daughter there because they had a kids activity day. So yeah, she was yeah. but I was up at the bar at the Soho house and I was reading the second volume of the Lyndon Johnson biography. And you By went Robert Carroll. And you went, of course you're reading uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what celebrities do in their downtime. Yeah, like the Sunday they go to a bar and read Robert Carroll's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> lazy Sunday reading. <laughs> <laughs> He's just reading Master of the Senate. <laughs> Which basically you can't fire an A15 through, bullet through it. Exactly. It's that thick. Yeah. It's that thick. Yeah. Oh. They actually, there are many tanks now in yeah. uh, in the military that are just covered in Robert Carroll yeah, books. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Patton, go with uh, go with God. Yes. Always. Thank you. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe. And smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus... When every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Carly, I want to address something that I feel badly about, which is your birthday. You turned 50 recently. Yeah. I had thought of this idea for a gift and went looking for it and found it. And I, uh, through my assistant, David Hopping, and man, that guy's a great assistant. Okay. Anyway. He was trained by a really great assistant, so it makes sense. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did you, who did you get to do that? Uh, okay. So the point is, ordered these, this set of something for you vintage and i thought this is really cool and time goes by and i think it's going to get there in time for your birthday and then it doesn't 
then there seems to be some kind of issue. And then David Hopping tells me today that there's like a postal service investigation going on okay. about this thing that I ordered for you. So I don't know if that means these things are gone, if they were stolen or what's happening. But the first thing David said to me today was there's a postal service investigation into trying to track these uh, these this birthday gift down for you. Did you send me and a bunch of severed hands again? Yes. Oh, How did you know? I don't need those yeah. anymore. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I got you a gift too. And then there was also an investigation See, and no, it just wanted, disappeared. No, no. This is what I wanted I, I to talk about. I don't know what happened. This oh my God, my assistant about. got you a gift and I forgot. I don't know where it I, went. No. I love that you have an assistant. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sona, this is, what I'm, this is why I'm bringing this up is that this sounds, so, where is David Hopping? Isn't he here somewhere? See if you can find him. I want him to verify I this. If this. you can, this smacks of a lie. That's the problem. Lie yeah. from it's David of, or someone else? No, from me. Oh, it yeah. It sounds like. Yeah, you're definitely because, lying. Well, no, I'm not. But it is. In, I mean, first of all, it's a stretch for someone of my stature to be getting you a gift. Oh, so that's a stretch in the first place. Okay. Right. Who would think that would ever I would ever do that? You know, OK, that's not something I would do. Exactly. OK, David's on his way. Um, so I don't know. I, I just worry that I worry that you don't believe me. And then Sona picks right up on that yeah. and says. Uh, that it's a lie. And that's why I need David to come in I've here. I've just and never this heard out. of a post office investigation. It just sounds very cagey. And so, I mean, I think I could just say that I got him a gift and, I, well, and it you, got lost in the mail. Now you've, you've Oopsie blown daisy. That. I know you didn't give me a gift. And <laughs> I, How you do know. you know that he got you a gift? I don't. And I'm trying to figure out whether I believe him or not. Yeah. Then how do you know I didn't? Because now you... I'm starting, you know what? I'm starting to now doubt whether or not I got you. Oh my God. I'm thinking it over and I'm thinking that maybe, maybe I didn't get you a gift. Oh no. But uh, I, I've been covering up for it so long that I now believe the lie. That's now. Well, give me a now hint. I've gone to... What are these things? Give me a hint. You said they're plural, they're things? I, you know, maybe I should just tell you what I got you. Hmm. I think I should tell well, you what I well, got you. Hmm. I don't I'm going to tell you what I got. No, I'm going to tell you what I got you. I'm going to tell you what I got you. Um, come on, step in, David. Can you get on mic, please? Yeah, that one. It also God, could be that David didn't order them. Or David kept, okay. kept them. So let me catch David, because I don't know if he's been listening. I'm apologizing to Gorley that his birthday present never came. And then you this morning, tell me what the news you gave me this morning. So there's an investigation. An investigation. Yes. By who? UPS. UPS. <gasps> I got oh. an email and a voicemail about it. Really? Okay. This is the next mm -hmm. big true crime podcast. No, but listen, I think we should make this. People want to know about our lives. They're desperate to know more about us. Mm -hmm. um, Are they the... desperate? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I uh, think it's you're like... desperate to have them know more about you. No, no, no. I am like Aristotle Onassis and Sona's Jackie Kennedy and um, Matt Gorley's like Hubert Humphrey. They just want to know more about us. Okay. Um, <laughs> they want to know our lives. I'm going to tell Matt what I ordered. Oh, okay? this is fun. Yeah. Got you. Might not you. get it. <laughs> I don't think you're ever getting these, by the way. <sighs> but I found online, with the help of David Hopping, we found online, I think they're from the 1950s. Oh, something like that. And it's like, and it's these really cool vintage cocktail glasses that have like a copper top that makes it, that uh, looks like a, like a palm tree, like pineapple. a tropical. Oh, like a pineapple. Yeah. yeah. Very cool looking. And I thought, oh, this would be so neat for you to have in your house. <sighs> and then for summer <laughs> s'mores, we could drink out of them. But uh, these are classic, like, you want to show the picture? Uh, and I'm bringing it up now because I don't know where these things are. UPS, I have no idea. If he's not lying, you better get your shit together well, and deliver them 
to me. What it might not have been UPS is uh, I don't want to blame UPS because yeah. first of all, that's a powerful big organization. They I don't might advertise go after them. on this podcast, right? Do they? If they want Do to, they? they better get me my goddamn is glasses. You, is that why you don't no, want to criticize you? them? I thought you're, no, you're I don't. Not, you know. I, I, I'm very. I'm a supplicant to all major businesses. Okay, right. they don't even advertise. I just show respect <laughs> to any large company or corporation. No matter what they do. I mean, they could be defense contractors. And I'm like, hey, oh, man, boy. power, more power to you. <laughs> yeah. Keep making those landmines. I don't care. This episode if a company's is making a lot of money, Blackwell. I will bow to them. Did David so actually any- order the... David, you could, you could be David, honest. Did you Wait, or are you lying? Is, it's okay if you I'm are. not lying. Okay. Here, I have... Everyone, hold on. Oh, wow. I've never seen David snap like that. Oh. Okay. Flustered. I got this email. Mm-hmm. Hello, David. I hope you're having a nice day. I'm emailing in regards to your recent order of the mid-century pineapple cocktail jars. I'm sorry to hear that you have not received the piece. Our logistics team is currently working with the carrier to start an investigation to determine the whereabouts. This usually takes eight days to complete. Show me a picture. Hold on. Yeah, I, I have to see a picture. I, I just want to hear your bullshit hold on. legally. That's yes, though. That's the person who sold it to you. The person who sold it to you is lying. They took your money and they're not giving it to you. And then they're going to blame you, P.S. Well, so not. I that's would do terrible... it. I would do that. <laughs> The weird thing is that, it, like, so I got not. a thing. We know said. you would do anything. I mean, I think if we were talking about, yeah, you know, I uh, I stole a car last night and I'm and I I took it for parts and now I'm gonna chop it up. You'd be like, I'd do that. I'd do that. You're a terrible, terrible person. Here, buy my pineapple glasses and then I'll Look, ship these to you. Oops, Sony. they Did got you lost. steal my pineapple glasses? Zoom in. Zoom in. Here, can we? How do can we get a good this? shot of these? How do we get a good shot of these? They're very cool looking. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa! No, that's focused. just all you can see is yeah. the top there. Here, why don't you get here? Oh, let me get closer. Wow. There you go. Oh, oh that's, that's, wow! Well, we the, I mean, aren't those cool? And we got you four. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing because the drinks I'm going to make for Chill Chums are kind of tropical. Mm. Yes, I thought these would be perfect for you. And guess what? Uh, they're not cheap. This was a very nice gift, and I think an incredible gesture on my part, right, David? Yep. Thank you. Well, anyway, I appreciate oh, you, but that's pending delivery. I, I'm going to say thank you with an asterisk until I'm sipping out of these boys. Yeah, you can't. You can't force <laughs> Matt to thank you for a gift you haven't given him yet. You're that you guilty. I just showed you a photo. I showed you a photograph of a gift that I intended to give you <laughs> before it went missing. So I think I get a big thank you. <laughs> I will say thank you. That is very nice of you. And... Don't thank him yet, Matt. You can't thank him yet. He, okay, you I don't take have it back. him. I've been told I have to rescind that thank you. <laughs> yeah, you don't have him yet. You can't force but listen, him to thank you for Let me be clear about lost. something. I'm going to do you a favor, Sona. Sona in no way was impugning uh, the shipping company or the company that, <laughs> that sold us. These are these are companies. And as I said, I, I love all companies, whether they make uh, liquid nitrogen or plutonium, oh. uh, whether their job is to destroy the planet or not. If the company it's if it's a company that makes money, I'm all for them. <laughs> Yay, companies. Uh, yay, companies. <laughs> oh my yay, God. companies is the slogan of Conan O'Brien. Oh, my God. I don't care what the body count is <sighs> or the damage to the planet. Yay, companies. <laughs> All right. So um, there we have it. This is now a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our crime, which is the missing four mid-century uh, pineapple uh, cocktail glasses. This is a real mystery. We don't know what's going to happen, and we'll keep you posted. And uh, this is, I mean, I think a nation is gripped by this by this unsolved crime. Yeah. Serial season 12. 
Did you get me? Did you get me a gift? Sona. Yeah. Sorry. This got is, you yes. A pineapple. <laughs> the gift of employment. He just got Sona. you a bunch of pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you real pineapples, and they're rotting fast. All right. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Leal, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have Issues are things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. 